Welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast, where ministers get together to discuss everyday ministry. Welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast. We are a podcast where everyday ministers get together to discuss ministry. This is James, the pastor at Lighthouse Community Church in Vernon, Alabama. And this is Jamie, church member at Lighthouse Community Church. Uh, this is Corey Coward, youth pastor at Central Heights Baptist Church in Florence, Alabama. And I'm Chris, the associate pastor at Reformation Church in Central Louisiana. How's everybody doing tonight? How are you guys doing? Man, I'm doing good. Just been doing some housework, washing dishes, folding clothes, and not enough schoolwork, but everything <laughs> is the same for me this week. What about you guys? My wife and I are making preparations for the new little one to be joining us soon, so we've been busy with that. Nice. But uh, everything's been going well on my end. How many weeks y'all out? 33 this week. Wow. So any time now, really. Yeah, well, last time we had we had our last daughter at 34. But that was kind of a freak incident. But they expect her to go into labor early. So, yeah, really, it could be any time now. Um, things are going good with me. We've got D-NOW coming up pretty soon. We've got a youth night coming up in a couple of weeks. I have a test due in two hours. Then we have discipleship group tonight. And then going to the beach Thursday. So a lot of good stuff going on, but staying busy, you know. What's your test on? It is on cognitive psychology. Wow. Okay. And I just found out I had it yesterday <laughs> so you just gonna think i'm gonna take an l on this one and just make up for it on the next one so you know it'll be all right awesome guys yeah i'm pretty busy over here my uh schedule's pretty normal but uh kids are at a vbs right now in the afternoon uh they're doing like an evening thing at one of our the last church that we went to and my wife's out of town so i'm kind of a little bit busy a little bit different than normal but you know, pretty good all around. You said that you're a past church. Um, how far a drive is that where you live now? Uh, yeah, so our last church is only like about a 15 to 20 minute drive. So it's significant. It's like half as close as current church, which is 30 minutes away. So yeah, it's a lot closer. Well, guys, we're, um, for the listeners' sake, if they haven't figured it out already, our topic this week, we're going to be talking about the church. And when hey. we think of the idea of the church, church. What, um, what comes to your guys' mind just off the beginning? When you just think of church, what comes in your mind? Well, I'll start with what, what comes in most people's mind. Maybe not mine now, but I know, especially before I was a Christian, even early in uh, my, me becoming a Christian, uh, my first thought was the church building. That's mm-hmm. the first thing most people think of when you say a church or the church is the building. And obviously, we're going to look at it here in a minute. That's not necessarily the case, but... That's what most people would think about when they hear a church, the church. So a steeple, brick outside. Yeah, that's what most people. <laughs> so that's the church, right, guys? I mean, I agree with that assessment is, you know, what most people consider to be the church. If you say, hey, I'm going to church or we're at the church now, 
I agree. I think um, when we say the church, most people that aren't a part of a church or maybe aren't regularly a part of a church, they may just be thinking of the building or the location. Really, when you think of the church as a whole now, though, there's really two kinds of church that we generally talk about, and that's the local and the universal. The local church, does anybody want to tackle that definition? I got one in mind, but I want to see what you guys are thinking. Well, the local church, obviously, is a church that is in a certain area. And, you know, pertains to a certain, you know, I guess city, neighborhood, anything like that you want to say. And like some of the guys said, a lot of times we kind of limit it into a building. But it's so much more than that. The local church is supposed to be the the light in that community. Uh, I'm reading a book by Adrian Rogers right now. And uh, one of the really cool things he said was a church is a bunch of sinners who have accepted Jesus and love him. And they want to do something about that together as one body. Uh, I really like that definition. And um, as a local church, that's kind of what our aim should be, I believe. I think you said, uh, you kind of touched on it, but you didn't go into detail about it, is uh, the body. And I actually wanted to look at a verse that, that really hits straight to that, that the local church or the church is not a building, but the body of Christ or a, a group of people in Christ. And it says here in Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And we see in, in this verse right here that the church is the body or the people of Christ. Uh, I know like we covered a minute ago that many people think of the church building, but we as biblically understanding Christians, we know the church is believers in Christ. Yeah, like it reminds me of uh, Thor Ragnarok, where um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. spo- spoilers, but no, they t- <laughs> not really. Uh, they talk about Ragnar as a uh, Asgard. Asgard is not really being the planet, but the people. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I don't know what verse that is, but <laughs> that's what yeah, I was thinking it's about. There. It's in there. So if the church is a local body coming together, local believers. Uh, ones that have been redeemed by Christ coming and gathering together. What do they do in that gathering that would make it considered a church? Because, I mean, I can get up six six friends of mine, go to Pizza Hut and eat the buffet on at lunchtime on Saturday, but are we the church? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that, that all depends. Uh, <laughs> and while I think the visible church is made up of confessing believers, and like, say, as a, a Baptist, our membership is limited to confessing believers that that's not the way that every church operates um so i think that there's that there are churches who you know just have open membership and things like that where anybody can participate without any what am i what's the word i'm looking for like there's not been a check on whether what this person believes or you know accountability yeah accountability it's just more of an open kind of gathering so what makes an actual church i think is i mean for one thing Man, I, you know, I really just wanted to open this podcast by reading what the Baptist Faith and Message says about the church, <laughs> but then we might not have anything to podcast about if <laughs> probably the four of us all pretty much agree uh, with what it says. But I think that a church has to be, you know, purposeful in following what a church ought to be according to the Bible, that there are, you know, that there is a pastor, um, that there may be deacons, um, that there are worshiping through the word being proclaimed 
that they are worshiping through uh, giving, that they, you know, they're studying scripture together, they're fellowshipping together around the Bible, not just around pizza. So yeah, I think that the practice of, that a church practices what we see the church practice in scripture. Um, And it's not just a group of friends hanging out, that it is people living as a church in a biblical sense. Well, traditionally, the definition of the local church or the visible church in a Mm -hmm. local gathering would be something of the nature of a body of uh, like-minded believers coming together, committing to the right preaching of God's word and the right practice of the sacraments. And so... Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a direction for us. But if you yeah. want to, and if you have it pulled up, you could read the boundaries and that would give us some guidelines because I've got it pulled up on my computer as well. So you want to read the Baptist Faith Message, what it says about the church? Yeah, if you want to knock that out, we can kind of give us uh, some guidelines as we discuss this some more. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty short. So it is chapter six, the church. A New Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ is an autonomous local congregation of baptized believers associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel, observing the two ordinances of Christ, governed by his laws, exercising the gifts, rights, and privileges invested in them by his word, and seeking to extend the gospel to the ends of the earth. Each congregation operates under the lordship of Christ through democratic process. In such a congregation, each member is responsible and accountable to Christ as Lord. Its scriptural officers are pastors and deacons. While both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture. It speaks also of the church as the body of Christ, which includes all of the redeemed of all ages, believers from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. So the Baptist Faith and Message kind of gives a long definition of the local church and then a shorter definition you call the universal church yeah. so real quick let's tackle the universal church and then we'll we'll make our way back to the uh, local body so we see that it says the new testament speaks also of the church as a body of christ which mm-hmm. includes all of the redeemed of all ages believers from every tribe and tongue and people and nation that last part definitely comes from revelations is what we see when christ returns and we're all worshiping together uh, as a body of believers of all time and so, for example, I guess what I would like to think of is uh, like talking right here. We have three different local congregations speaking, right? You got myself, right. and Jamie, in Vernon, Alabama, Corey and Florence, and you're in Louisiana. I wish I would remember this, the city right now. <laughs> and so, but we'll all make up the universal church. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so all is, members of the universal church. Exactly. And so, but so is you know, people that lived three, 400 years ago or 800 years ago. And so the universal church is all believers. Right. Uh, but I guess what we really want to talk about tonight is what the local church is. And the beauty of Southern Baptist life, which we all are Southern Baptist, is the local church is a, a local congregation with autonomy, meaning mm-hmm. that they operate under their own confessions, but all under the guidelines of the Baptist faith and message. Yeah. So I would say like the Christian, like the church that I grew up in that culture, um, it would definitely would hold to a lot like this definition would hold true. in you know, 90% of it, 
um but well, let's say 99% maybe even um to where there would be some maybe female pastors here and there or but i think that the biggest thing that's the difference now from like the church that i grew up in like the evangelical church that i grew up in that culture is each congregation operating through democratic process so that's been new to me in the last you know several years as becoming uh, a Baptist <laughs> uh, and just different churches operate differently in that process. But I would say that a lot of denominations maybe don't operate that way, but the rest of it probably would, you know, cover most evangelical or, you know, mainline churches in the United States. I mean, do you think so? I mean, outside of the Roman Catholic church, I would. I think the difference would be the Baptists and Presbyterian, uh, as the well, yeah. message says, baptize believers. But obviously, True. Presbyterian would baptize infants, and therefore, they aren't necessarily believers, but they are members of the church. So I would say it probably differs in that area. Yeah, the tr they they would say the visible church includes uh, believers and their children. So. Yeah. As we read through this, though, the biggest thing that comes to my mind, because I'll answer this question for Jamie, um, but the, the next verse is associated by covenant in faith and fellowship of the gospel. Um, this idea of covenant is something that we've lost in the churches, really. Yeah. I know we have church covenants and things of that nature, um, but Corey, whenever you became a member at uh, Central Heights, was there a covenant or anything of that nature that you knew this church believed? outside of maybe the Baptist faith and message? Yeah, not like, besides like, you know, your normal, you know, typical on the surface stuff. No, not really. I mean. Ultimately, I think what the Baptist faith message is getting at and um, would all affirm this is that the biggest basis of church membership is being saved throughout, through Christ, right? It's that we're coming together right. in faith and fellowship in Christ Jesus. The next thing says obeying the two ordinances of Christ. Somebody want to tackle those two or one of them? Uh, yeah, first ordinance uh, is baptism. All right, so what is the rightful observing of that? Um, I believe that it's, um, you know, just baptism paints the picture of what's happening on the inside and you're showing on the outside that old saying. It's the outward showing of an inward reality. Um, you're being, your old self is being put to, um, to death and you raise up uh, in the newness of light. Uh, and obviously we do that, you know, by uh, immersion and, you know, I guess dunking somebody in the water uh, <laughs> and then bringing them back up. You know, that's the way that we uh, as Baptists observe that. Okay. So how often do we do that? How often? Yeah. Uh, we do that one time after somebody gets saved. Okay. So that's not something that's happening regularly unless no. it arises. It's not. It's not a. It's not a rededication baptism or a spiritual checkup baptism. You get baptized <laughs> once, and that's or, it. Or you lost your salvation and had to do it again. No, 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 no. You uh, might have got dunked, but you didn't get baptized. You only get baptized once. Okay. All right. So the second ordinance would be Lord's Supper, communion, however you refer to it. Um, now this is where uh, there's some disagreements. Is what is the rightful way to observe the Lord's Supper? Once a quarter. Once a quarter? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yep. With awful bread and <laughs> discount grape juice and, you know. I think the point I want to make here is that this is the beauty of having autonomous churches is that on the observance of this one is we have the freedom to do it uh, weekly or monthly or quarterly or every other week or 
um, anything of that nature. Uh, the only time I personally have an issue with it is if it's past the quarterly, um, because we're called to do it in remembrance of Christ regularly. And so the question that comes to mind is how regular is he calling us to do this? What's your guys' thoughts? When you say past quarterly, you mean less on a re- less regular basis? Yeah, yeah. I have an issue with it if it's less than four times a year. I personally have issues with it if it's only four times a year as well, but I really have an issue with yeah. it then. I think I think there is a good case to be made that we see in Scripture that weekly could be a proper way to observe the Lord's Supper. I know I was looking at this Scripture, Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And we see them doing this when they gather together. Now, obviously, this is kind of a something that is, is not solid. People would probably dispute that as well. But on my end, I do believe that weekly could be a legitimate interpretation or understanding of what the scriptures say. Well, before we uh, move on, uh, <laughs> let us know that he's um, having some technical issues with his phone. <laughs> What I mean by that is he didn't charge it. Uh, no, I did charge it. I charged it during the day. We wait till the end of the day to record. I'm out. Yeah. So. As in you didn't charge it in preparation to record. I was. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well thanks for making the effort. Yeah, man. I tried. You know. well, well, glad you got to be on here, Corey. Uh, hopefully your denial and stuff goes well, and we'll be thanks, praying bro. for you. Appreciate it. Good talk to you guys. All right. <laughs> So as Jamie just expressed, Chris, you know, he would he can kind of see through scripture that uh, one of the rightful way of order of the ordinance of uh, communion would be weekly. Uh, how does your church kind of practice that? We do it once a month on the third, typically the third Sunday of every month. And, you know, just to kind of keep it on a on a regular rotation, um, you know, something to be common. And uh, I mean, we do typically. Uh, eat together once a week as well um so you know however you want to divide up those <laughs> uh, we're not doing communion once a week but um you know we're fellowshipping through breaking of bread or sometimes chili or hot dogs or something but <laughs> i'll bring some chili i'll eat some chili right now <laughs> well see our church we had this practice of monthly as well but the pastor has done a horrible job of staying on that <laughs> I really need to talk to him about that and kind of yeah. uh, keep him accountable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to lower his uh, salary while we're at it, too. <laughs> Until I meet my standards. All right, then, as we move through this bad faith message again, through, and it says, governed by his laws and accessing the gifts, rights, and privileges invested them by his word in seeking to extend the gospel to the ends of the earth. I think that presents a good picture of kind of what the mission of the church is mm-hmm. to present the gospel to the uh, entire entire earth that coming together to seek out uh, the furthering of the gospel. Yeah. Um, I think that's what's so beautiful about being a part of a denomination such as the Southern Baptists or uh, for the listeners out there that may be uh, a part of a different denomination is that you're hopefully coming together as a larger body to fulfill this commandment. Because really, it would be a daunting task for my church to be reaching all over the world because we're a church of 30. And it would be hard for us to send out someone to, 
you know, Asia or Africa or somewhere as such. Yeah, I think that's one of the, I mean, it's obviously one of the purposes of the, you know, the cooperative program, which is uh, part of the Southern Baptist um, Convention, where we filter money, finances, funds up through the, you know, regional and state conventions to the national convention. And from there, fund collectively missionaries and and lots of other ministries as well yeah so i think that that is why we are all you know must be invested in personally from you know individually as people for the uh, propagation of the gospel that um our church our local church should be responsible for that and doing that in the community itself you know trying to bring people in, trying to get the gospel out. But then one of the ways that Southern Baptist churches reach the world with the gospel is through the cooperative program. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's a great way and it's a, a great way of doing that or it, you know, can be. I think, uh, you know, it's a tough balance between, of course, coming together and edifying the church, uh, fellowship, observing the ordinances, uh, preaching of the word, worshiping God, all those things are extremely important. And we should recognize that, but also recognize that it has to go beyond the individual church building and go outside to our communities, to our states, to uh, the ends of the world. Uh, And yes, it's difficult to find that balance, but that's what we should strive to do is, is not neglect either one, because I know that many churches I've seen and witnessed are heavy on one end and kind of neglect the other. I agree completely. I think as we think of what the the church is here for, the issue, I may begin on a soapbox, but what we've done is we've crafted our services to be the witnessing tool for the church rather than the individuals going out and doing the work. So what we've done is become seeker-friendly and uh, this, this idea of, uh, having the the most hip worship songs and backlighting and smoke machines. And I know that's a joke, but it is what it wow. is. Uh, and it's not a joke as it happens. And all of these things so that we can bring these people into the church. The pastor themselves can evangelize to the people and so that they can lead this altar call so that the church can, so these lost people can come to know Jesus and be a part of the church. But historically and biblically, we don't really see this picture through scripture. What we see is this idea of the members of the universal church going into the world, sharing the gospel with lost people, them being converted, them coming into the church, being baptized, and then gathering under the Christ uh, and then the the leadership of the church, which kind of gets us to the next part of the Baptist faith and message, where it says that the congregation, each member, is responsible and accountable to Christ as mm-hmm. its scriptural officers or pastors and deacons. First, I think they have the understanding of being under the accountability of Christ, and they're mm-hmm. okay with that to some extent, even though their lives may not represent that they're okay with being under the accountability of Christ. But I don't think we see church discipline happening much nowadays. I think there may be a resurgence of that some, but uh, we don't see that often. So. How does a church member submit to the leadership of a pastor and deacon? Yeah, I was going to bring that up as well because I think it's uh, worth bringing up because I think it's one of the benefits of church membership in in itself. And we were kind of talk 
I mean, it, I guess it even goes into the, you know, us being in covenant mm -hmm. together um, and why membership is important because it's we're tied in together. We are, you know, if we, if we become a member, you're saying like, hey, like, like we are responsible for each other. And I'm acknowledging that and being responsible for each other means that as uh, individual members, you know, laterally, if you want to say it that way, uh, we're responsible towards each other on um, like we've got each other's back. But uh, also, you know, in a vertical sense from, you know, pastors to the average member, there's a responsibility and the other way around. Um, so, yeah, I, I've really it's been rare that I've ever seen actual church discipline practiced. Um, and if many people I didn't know, I wasn't aware of this concept before um, joining a Baptist church. They asked me about if I had my letter. Yeah. When I wanted, whenever we were going to uh, become members and I had no clue what they were talking about. <laughs> Did one of y'all want to explain what a letter is? I can't help you there. I can. <laughs> um, so a church letter, essentially what it is, it's that when a individual is seeking membership of a church. So let's say I moved to Louisiana and I want to become a member of Re Reformation Baptist Church. Right? Just, uh, Reformation Church. Reformation Church. I want we to become Reformation Church. And let's say y'all practice transferring of a letter. And so what it means to transfer a letter in the Southern Baptist life is that the, the church would write or contact my previous church and make sure that I was a church of good a mem a church member of good standing. And my church would send a letter to the church that I'm seeking membership at to show that I am a I am a church member of good standing. So it's really showing that I wasn't a heretic or someone that didn't want to follow under the leadership of the church. And that church is bouncing for me. That they're, they're agreeing that I would be a, a good member at the next church that I was seeking to attend. Churches. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of churches maybe have, maybe, you know, use that practice incorrectly or many churches just totally ignore it now. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a good and a healthy thing. Um, and uh, to bring it back specifically to church discipline, um, it's because are you or are you not in, you know, a healthy member? And the, the point here is the word, you know, like good standing. Are you healthy? Because we care about the health yeah. of other believers, um, as we should, as the New Testament tells us to, as Paul, whenever he talks about, you know, uh, breaking off fellowship with people who are living in open sin, it's for their sake. I mean, it's, it's, it's twofold. I'll say that he says it's twofold. It's one, it's for the sake of the witness of the church and for the health of the church body, but it's also for the health of that specific member. Um, because if either one, they are confessing Christ and actually aren't a believer, then they need, we need to let them know that like, Hey, this isn't the fruit of a believer. And if they are a believer, we're doing that under the, the faith that, you know, God will be faithful and that through this practice, they will then come to the realization that what they're doing is not, you know, worth the fruit of a believer and then they will cease doing it. Um, and that's why, you know, I bring up the whole church letter thing because people hop from church to 
yeah. turf. But then that's that's the reason the practice is because it is for the health of people individually and for the body of Christ as we are members of his body. I have seen too many churches that still practice sending of a letter. Mm -hmm. Send a letter to a church okaying the individual, but that individual caused nothing but problems at the church that they were at. Right. So they did it in such a way that almost they were getting rid of that member that would cause a headache. <laughs> and it's the of what this purpose <laughs> okay. is for. Please take this person. Get him off of our hands. Maybe you can do something with him. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's, I, I'm glad you pointed that out because that is something that I, I'm sure other denominations practice something similar. But that mm -hmm. is a big part of uh, transferring membership between church to church in the Southern Baptist life. Um, and that's why, but we don't, that's the thing is that we don't receive letters necessarily from other denominations because right. they align with the Baptist faith message. Technically, I, most denominations would really, uh, unless they wanted something more detailed. And so, well, if we keep going through this, uh, let's look at the idea of pastors and deacons. I think we've covered this topic a, a good bit yeah. uh, in the podcast previously. Uh, but so we're not just ignoring it here. We see that the next statement, it says that the pastors are limited to men. This is a qualification of scripture. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> how, how, what's the word I'm looking for here? Chauvinistic. How, how complimentary. Oh, complimentary. <laughs> of me. Um, but I think we were, all three of us would agree that a pastor is meant to be, um, uh, a, a man of God that's mm -hmm. called by God and affirmed by a church to that role. I think we're us three would agree on, and I'm not sure about the other co-hosts, so I don't want to speak for them. Um, but we would all agree with a, an elder system in a church. Chris is specifically would because he is a lay of <laughs> um, of a church, <laughs> and. Um, and then moving on to this idea of a deacon, you know, I think this is this is almost put it before a pastor in some Southern Baptist churches, in my opinion, when it Definitely. comes to uh, under the leadership of most churches consider the pastor is the one that preaches and teaches, but uh, really doesn't operate with any kind of leadership and kind of power in the church. But that falls under a deacon or a deacon board that directs the church uh, generally. And I think we would all agree unanimously that that is a wrong principle. It's not a biblical principle, but it's one that has been adopted by the modern church that most of us, uh, like I said, would disagree with. And so uh, any comments on those two things before we move forward? Yeah, I just I do want to say real quick that the um, key one of the key things here is not just any man being church pastor, that it is qualified by scripture. <laughs> men qualified by scripture and i think that's a key point um to this uh to this that you know this whole conversation that it, it's not any man it's qualified men and called men exactly um, yeah. um and i would take it a step farther and say not only qualified and called but affirmed i think it has to be affirmed by a local body yeah because um, i think that's part of god proving and calling an individual is that it is affirmed mm -hmm. uh, i think that's why even our seminaries require a church letter yeah um uh, for one to attend the seminary it's because they want to know that this 
this body of believers affirms this individual as a pastor. Yeah. Well, if you're not affirmed, you can just go plant your own church. Right. Agreed. Baptist life. <laughs> I know. You can <laughs> non-denominationally, but you can't Southern Baptist because you have a to be affirmed of, by sin in church a lot now. Of people do that. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely. But <laughs> look at what the Baptist faith message says, and we understand that everyone listening may or may not be a Baptist. I'm really curious if you're listening and you're not a Southern Baptist, reach out to us because I really am curious if we have any uh, Methodists or Pentecostal or Church of God or Church of Christ or Presbyterian brothers and sisters listening. But if we move past this Baptist faith message, we see ultimately the local church is a body of believers that commit under the leadership of Christ, the pastor and deacons, to sit under the preaching of God's word and the observance of the two ordinances that Christ was an example of to us. Mm-hmm. So as we see that, obviously that's what we do as local uh, church members. But I guess the question that comes into it now is why is it important that we be church members? If there is a universal church, if there is a Uh, a principle of all believers being the church. Why can't we, as I playfully said earlier, why can't we just gather with six of our friends at a restaurant and talk about God? Why is it important that we gather into a local church? Well, I think first and foremost is we're commanded to do such, (laughs) to come together and to non-neglect meeting as a body of believers. Uh, So that's going to be our very... Well, the argument would be, though, is that I'm gathering with a with with believers i'm gathering and we're breaking of the bread at a mm. restaurant together. <laughs> maybe even the teaching of god's word is presented in a bible study you know yeah, why is it that yeah. we take it past that well i would i would say that uh the organizational aspect of it is very important as well having somebody who's truly called and truly qualified to lead is important or leaders uh, I mean, yes, you can get, gather in a Bible study and Pizza Hut and, and try to say that that's a church, but in reality, it will not end up functioning as a church. It will function as a Bible study. And Yeah, I mean, I think that most of the things we have talked about so far on the podcast and a few others that we just didn't get time to get to are all reasons for yeah. membership and all of the things that create a church that getting around talking about God. <laughs> or even reading the Bible and talking about the Bible, and maybe those people are Christians, but the difference is all of the other things that go along with it, the leadership, the worship, the interconnectedness, and um, uh, what is the word? Reliability? Not reliability. What's when you're reliable to someone accountability. else? Accountability. Accountability, yes. <laughs> the accountability that goes along with being part of an actual you know, local representation of the body of Christ rather than just Bible study. Um, and that's why a lot of those things that we've talked about with, you know, the SBC or like interconnected, like the autonomous, the autonomous nature of the churches, but the interconnectedness of them in the sense that members shouldn't just be leaving, you know, and going to and fro as they wish um, at any, at the drop of a hat. Uh, the, the the accountability to other believers regionally as well as locally are all built into it, I think, um, rather than just being a few people, uh, you know, some maybe even someone who says they're a pastor or, you know, a leader, 
who just goes out on their own with a couple other people who are out on their own and all they want, like we don't need, we don't need church. We just need the Bible or something like that. Either it's, it's gonna, it's not going to last or it'll eventually, it will turn into a church. So exactly. Well, and to kind of play off uh, what Jamie said and what you said, uh, we do see though that the reason church membership is important is because it is biblical. Um, mm-hmm. We see that a majority of the New Testament is actually starts off with the words to the church of right. the name. Um, so uh, clearly uh, churches existed in the New Testament. Paul went on missionary journeys to plant churches. It is how It is how God has chosen to reach the world in discipleship is through the church, through the individual people that make up the church. And then also think of all of the one another statements that we find in scripture. You yep. can't really fulfill the one another statements outside of the local body of believers. Right. And that's why it's important to commit to a church. Right, as we move into the plugs of the week, um, though Corey had a dip out on us because he didn't charge his phone, uh, he did give us his plugs. Uh, so I'll start with his and then I'll let Jamie give any and Chris give any and then I'll end uh, by giving mine. The first plug he had was uh, Church Membership by Jonathan Lehman, uh, which is a fantastic book. I will agree with him on that. And the other one is a book called What is a Healthy Church Member? And I cannot pronounce his first or last name well. So <laughs> see that. Take the, take the notes. Yeah, you'll see that underneath the podcast and the plugs of the week. Um, I've heard really good things about the book, though. Never read it myself. Uh, but those are Corey's two plugs. Jamie, you got any for us? Yeah, well, of course, I never come here actually prepared for this. But uh, I was actually sitting here thinking whenever they brought up Plugs of the Week, my wife and I were actually uh, thrift shopping this past weekend. I got some really good books. I don't get uh, that. I don't get that lucky. I see people all the time thrift <laughs> oh, store shopping. I don't ever right. see good books. I've been wanting to get the uh, roll kids books for my daughter. And I found two of them. So what? For like a dollar, a dollar each. Yeah. That's awesome. All, all I ever see is local Southern gospel groups is vinyl records and wow. not hitting Southern gospel, but that's not what it, really what I'm looking for. So that's all I ever find when I go through store shopping that and I'm, horrible clothes. Well, anyway, I, I was in there and I found a book that I actually did not end up getting, but it looked really good. And I asked James about it. He's read it and said it's really good. So I'll plug it in here. I am a church member by Tom Rainer. You know, I think it's a really short, easy to read book. You want to pick that up and it'll help help you understand what it means to be a church member yeah it's a it's a really good book i i read it in like two hours it's tom rayner uh president of lifeway most of the listeners are probably familiar with him and his 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 material that he's written uh it's a really good book it's a simple book and it really just comes at this mentality that church membership isn't a consumer mentality it's a uh it's coming together not seeing what you can receive from the church, but what you can do as the church. So great resource. Chris, what you got? Um, yeah, I actually have my copy of, of Tom Rainer's book from the thrift store. So I, I've, <laughs> I've had good luck at thrift stores as well. My plug, I just got a notification on my phone earlier today that Roku has a Ligonier channel now. Yeah. I went and checked it out. I thought I could log into my learning library, which I have a bunch of stuff that I've purchased from them. I can't. But under like there's conferences under their te- under their teaching video series, there was at least 
uh, 60 different video series you can log on to watch. Anything from Galatians to, you know, uh, just different theological topics, a great commission, things like that. Um, so I think that's a great resource and something, you know, if you want to maybe not watch Netflix all the time, you can, <laughs> but have it right there, throw it on and watch some good stuff. So it's not really church related, but, you know, it'll do you good. Oh, that's perfectly fine. The plug of the week that I have, <laughs> Chris was actually going to plug it, but he offered it to me since that's the main one I had was a trilogy of books by Joe Thorne. Um, it's called a trilogy on the church, uh, which is very fitting for the podcast we're listening to. And there's three different books here. I really don't know the order that they're supposed to be read in, but I read all three of them in a random order. The books are the life of the church, the character of the church and the heart of the church. Um, and they're really easy books to read. Um, they're only about 70, 50, 70, 80 pages, 90 pages a piece, something of that nature. Uh, great resources. Now, heads up, they do approach the church in a, a Reformed Baptist perspective, which is fine with me. Uh, <laughs> not for everyone that's represented on the podcast or everyone that's listening. And so it does come from that point of view. So there may be things that if you read the books, you may disagree with, but Hey, if I, if I read any book, I disagree with it to some extent. So that's perfectly fine in my my thinking. Great resources. Great resource in that book. Really simple read. Uh, really approaches the church as a whole. Did a much better job than we have done in this podcast. That's also okay. And then my last plug, and uh, I don't have a specific link that I'm going to provide for this. I'm just going to tell you listeners about it. It's actually uh, Mark Dever, uh, the the main i guess publishing group or whatever it i don't know what really what it is that that he has started um him and some other gentlemen it's called uh nine marks and nine marks it's him and, it's him and eight other marks him and eight other marks is that what it is <laughs> no, i don't know i don't think so <laughs> no that's not what it is um <laughs> nine marks is what it stands for is nine marks of a healthy church so the nine things that make a healthy church, I would encourage the resources they have. And he actually has a fantastic book called the church. Uh, now it's not reading the Tom Rainer book or even the Joe Thorne book. Uh, it's a little more uh, academic. It's a little harder to read, but it's a great book on the subject as well. And for anybody listening by the odd chance, maybe you're not a part of a local church. Uh, maybe you don't attend a local body. Um, and my biggest encouragement for you would be get a part of a church, be a church member and find a church that you line up with biblically and be committed to joining in alongside them, brothers and sisters, for the mission that God has placed them in. You guys want to add anything before we jump off here? No, I think it was good. Uh, no, I think what you said was, was great. We've enjoyed recording this episode we hope it's been beneficial for the listeners but we hope and pray that god will use you where he has placed you this has been the everyday ministry podcast a podcast where everyday ministers get together to discuss ministry if you're encouraged by what you hear please go like our facebook page share the episodes and rate the podcast on itunes don't forget that a new episode drops every first and third mondays our prayer is that these episodes are an encouragement to you and that you would be faithful in the ministry that god has placed you in
you Setting off on a one-way train To a place where they know 